Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the HFFL pod. We are on to episode 15 and the fourth and final installment of the 2020 preview pods. Today we have with us Greg. Greg, how's it going, man? Hey, how's it going? Good, good, good. Uh, Mike, we have Mike on the pod with us. Mike, how are you? Dude, I've seen better days, but it's always great to be here. Yeah, I agree with that. Rich, how are you? Good, man. Good here. Got myself a drink ready to roll. All right, sounds good. So I wanted to give a shout out. We have a listener in the Lenstar province in Iowa. I can't tell where you're from in the province or how often you listen, but I can see that you rep that east coast of Ireland and that you've listened. So welcome, my friend. I hope you're enjoying the pod. Um, If you want to email us, we can chat. Give me an email at henry1jg at gmail.com. We'll get you some merch. Greg can hook you up with some Adidas merch. We'll be all good. Scott can get him some Gatorade. There you go. Yeah, Scott can get him some Gatorade, and Scott can make fun of his team a little bit and get a little bit cocky about it and go go from it there. Be good. I mean, honestly, if this dude wants to join the league, I'll win the ship this year. I'll retire, and you can take over for me. Well, there we go. It's already mapped out. I'll be honest. I see this kind of playing out like it started to an Euro trip where he's going to make a winch time out of your testicles. <laughs> All right. We'll be breaking down each of the three teams on the pod today. We'll briefly discuss each, each team's draft. Um, then we'll break down each team position by position. Um, if you want to explain your thought process or potentially defend against somebody hating on you, that's fine. Just try not to go full Kellen. Um, But let's start with Greg. Greg, tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Well, I am the myth known as Greg. Um, For those of you who have tried to get a hold of me, I certainly stay plenty busy, uh, mostly with work, with crazy shit happening. So I apologize if you've tried to get a hold of me, offered me trades, whatever, and I haven't gotten back to you. It's not personal. It's just me. Um, But a little bit about me. So I'm from Michigan originally. I went to high school um, in Frankenmuth. Um, Went to Alma for two years and then transferred up to CMU where I met several people that are uh, obviously in the league with us. Um, Got to know some of the guys through basketball, playing some pickup and uh, intramural. Um, And then after graduation, moved down to Georgia with my now wife, Adrian, who also went to Alma and took a couple classes up at CMU. Uh, So right now I live about 20 miles northeast of Atlanta. Um, I work in retail, like I said, my work life can definitely be crazy, um, especially different times of the year. Uh, That's just kind of the retail life for me. Um, I've been with uh, my company right now is PacSun, Pacific Sunwear, um, clothing retail. I've been doing that for five years. Uh, before that, I was with Adidas for five years, which is why Adidas tried, uh, Jimmy tried to give me the little Adidas hookup, but I don't really have it anymore, so that's not happening. Sorry, dude in Ireland. Um, <laughs> I have it's been only playing... been five years, Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, he just barely missed it. <laughs> well, you know, I haven't uh, been to Georgia in five years, though, so last time I was there. Yeah. I mean, you're you're right, yeah. Um, I've been playing fantasy football since I was in high school, Um Honestly, since I feel like fantasy football was a thing, but I'm sure it was a thing before then. Um, I've been in the league for about 10 years, give or take, you know, something around there. Um, and I got into it, like I mentioned before, I, I got to know a couple of the guys playing basketball up at CMU. So uh, a couple owners left one year and they asked me if I was interested. And so I jumped on it. Um, so rivals in the league, uh, definitely the people that I know a little bit better from my CMU days, like Jimmy and uh, and Ryan for sure, Mike, 
Um, definitely those guys, I go into those matchups a little bit hungrier to get the W just because I do have history with them for sure. Um, definitely, I'd probably say Jimmy the most just because he always has a very good team. So if I can be competitive with him, then I know I'm on a pretty good track. Um, and best way to build a roster for me, I mean, hands down trades. Like there's no <laughs> other way to get it done. Uh, yeah. Great trading. Yeah, I'm just I'm just a, a straight trader for sure. Uh, no, for me, obviously you guys already know this, uh, but picks and uh, picks and a little bit of free agency mixed in there. Uh, but I really swear by my picks. I do a lot of research. I know you guys get on me about my pick timing, which is 100% fair game. I get it. Um, but I put a lot into those picks, and I really try to figure out who each player is going to be. So yeah, I definitely stick by them. And obviously, sometimes I get burns like. Uh, Jimmy and I were just talking a couple of minutes ago. CJ Spiller is, you know, case number one for me. I stood with him until the very end, and I could have traded him to Jimmy for probably half his, his team three or four different times. I didn't do it. I got burned on it. Um, and then the other side of the coin is, you know, Jimmy's tried to offer me everything from, uh, you know, a, a little salt shaker to, again, half of his team for Julio Jones, and I did hang on to him, and obviously that got me to a championship. So, um, I live by it. I die by it, but that's how I go about building my teams. But yeah, that's a little bit about me. Nice. Um, <clears throat> we don't have any recent trades, so we'll skip right past that. Um, Mike, I brought up Darius Slayton a little bit on Matt's podcast based on your Auburn fandom. Did you want to weigh in on that? Sure, I can do that. Before I would weigh in on Darius, though, Craig, you mentioned some things that some of us go way back in basketball, and I mentioned this to Jimmy, and I just I can't help myself but not mention it. Greg, I love you, but you're the most maddening person to ever play basketball with or against. Rafe um, LaFrance. Legitimately. Like, <laughs> Greg, great dude, always fun. He plays on your team for like five straight days. He goes 0 for 63. The next day you play against him, he's 22 for 22 with 18 threes. I never <laughs> understood it. The dude was just – it's like once he played against his friends, he was a stone-cold killer. <laughs> so – but Greg, yeah. we had some great times. I, I appreciated, you know, the, the competition we had when we were there. It was always fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was absolutely a blast. I think back to some of those times as well, for sure. Some of those pickup games, even some of the IM games. I don't think the IM games were the best of our times, to be honest. I, I really do think it was the pickup games. Uh, but yeah, you're absolutely right. I could, I used to be able to, to run and gun, and either I was on and it was it was gorgeous, or I was off and it was some ugly stuff. <laughs> I guess we're all that way a little bit, right? So, yeah. Yep. Um, but Jimmy, getting back to your point, though, in terms of Darius Slayton, um, following him as a, a dude that went to Auburn, there's no denying his athletic ability. He's extremely fast. He's a very good athlete, um, long and lanky. He kind of reminds me of Robbie Anderson, which those guys can definitely have value in a fantasy league, but he's like the complete boomer boss type guy, and that's what I see him being. He's a, he really is a one-trick pony. He's not a great route runner. Um, he's probably not going to get anything at the line of scrimmage and then people miss unless he has a crease that he can just use speed. So it's pretty much deep routes for him. And, you know, it probably helps him that Eli Manning's gone and Danny Dimes is there. So, you know, Danny can throw the deep ball, which is good. But I, I like the dude. I'll always root for him because, you know, just college fandom. But the potential, I'm not saying he couldn't be like a top 10 one year, but I just see him as a very streaky dude that one week could put up 40 and then the next five weeks combined for 15, you know. Yeah, Rich would probably say he's a scrub. Who Who is she? 
<laughs> who are we talking about? Darius, Darius Slayton. Slayton. Yeah, I don't know who that is. <laughs> nice. Perfect. All right, so – He came scored up, an Iron Bowl TV, so it's all good. <laughs> it came up in the chat, <laughs> and I said that uh, Jermaine Pratt was terrible on one of the podcasts, which I stand by saying. Um, and then I picked him up, which I've already dropped him since, and I'm sure I'll pick him up a couple more times before the season starts now that I have an open roster spot to toggle players back and forth in. Um, I just want to make sure we're all on the same page, though. Like Scott was talking about on the last pod, you don't have to be good in the NFL to be fantasy relevant. Um, so, I, so I did a little research. So the top 10 fantasy linebackers in the HFFL in 2019, number one was Jordan Hicks, which is just amazing to me. Um, PFF graded him as the number 43 linebacker. Number two, Bobby Wagner, he graded as 11th. Three, Corey Littleton. Seven. Swag. Right. Four, um, I miss him, by the way. Four, Blake Martinez, ranked 54th. Fifth was Joe Schobert, 50th. You going to trade him, Rich? Wait, who was who – so the swag was two and Littleton was three? Yep, then Blake Martinez was fourth, and he was 54th. In fantasy points. In, yeah, fourth in fantasy points. Joe Schobert, fifth in fantasy points, ranked 50th on PFF as far as their grading. Jalen Smith was sixth in points, ranked 18th in PFF. Darius Leonard, seventh in points, eighth in PFF. Keekly, sorry, Greg. Sorry to bring that up. I'm sure that still stings. Um, yeah. Yeah, big time. Eighth in fantasy points. Hey, guys, did you hear that? Keekly just had another concussion. <laughs> <laughs> he was fifth in PFS rankings. Um, Devon Dre Campbell was ninth in points. He was seventh. Mm-hmm. Third. Um, and then Zach, Zach Cunningham was tenth in points, and he was 22nd in PFF rankings. So that's four players that were in the top 10 in scoring that were outside of a top 43 grade. Three of them had top 10 grades. Three of them are between 11 and 22. But you know what they all did do? They all, every single one of them finished in the top 30 in snaps played, and they all played at least 922 snaps. Being on the field is incredibly important. Um, And it was also asked earlier in one of the very first pods um, how PFF does their grading. So I did a little bit of research. So they grade every single play, and they grade it on a a negative two to plus two grading scale using half-point increments. Um, It's based on context and performance. So like a four-yard run that gets a first down with two broken tackles obviously gets a better grade than a four-yard run on third and five. You know, a quarterback throwing a good pass, but the receiver drops it and it gets intercepted. Excuse me, that doesn't negatively affect their grade. Um, PFF employs over 600 full-time, full or part-time analysts, but only 10% of those guys are trained to the level where they can grade plays. Um, so you have to work your way up. Um, and then only the top 2 to 3% of the analysts are allowed to be senior analysts, and they're in charge of finalizing each grade um, after they review them. And they review them, obviously, with every camera angle they have, including all 22. But like I said, you know, PFF is not the end-all, be-all, but it is the best grading tool available to the general public. I mean, it's certainly better than my couch potato butt sitting there watching a guy and saying, oh, he's good or, oh, he's bad. Um, and for, for 40 bucks a year, if you want to buy it outright, it's really not bad. But if you wait until the slow, slow period, they'll offer promotions, you know, 25 to 35% off. Um, and if you enter in HFFL when you're purchasing it, you can get a 15% discount. So just keep that in mind. All right, so we'll move on to the team breakdowns. Uh, we'll start with Greg's team. Rich, you're up with Greg's draft. What are your thoughts on Greg's draft? Uh, well, you know, we did the, the draft uh, summary, so I'll be quick about it. Uh, I think I gave him a B, B minus on on his draft. Um, I really felt there was a bit of a reach on the DeAndre Swift pick. Um, I felt, you know, CeeDee Lamb or um, Jerry Judy would have been the pick there. But uh, other than that, I think the other picks were were solid. Um, like I think I think Isaiah Simmons is going to be the best linebacker 
coming out of this rookie draft. Uh, I think he sets up perfectly there in Arizona. So um, overall, like I said, B, B minus. Okay. Mike, what are your thoughts on his draft? Yeah, I think I was very similar um, with Rich and for a lot of the same reasonings. I think uh, Simmons has a great chance to contribute right away, especially since you just mentioned two linebackers that even though they scored a lot, are both outside the top 43 in PFF rankings because Hicks and DeVondre Campbell both actually suck. So, but hey, like you said, if they're on the field, they're on the field. So, um, McKinney has a chance to be good. I really like Willie Gay as a sleeper there, especially on a team that always seems to be starved for linebackers in KC. So, um, going back to Greg, I, I think I gave him a B at the time. Okay. Um, and then we'll move on to Mike's team. Mike only had, or no, yeah. Greg, do you have anything you want to add on your draft? Um, definitely. I mean, I'd even sign off on a little bit of a, a reach for Swift. You know, I, my biggest thing going into it was um, I am very aware of my swings and misses on uh, running backs and trying to find them in later rounds or through free agency. And I had just biffed on so many of them that I saw somebody that I, I think can actually hit a home run. And yeah, I stretched for him for sure. But I saw him as somebody that could pay off down the line. Uh, but yeah, in terms of talent right now, definitely, I agree. Those wide receivers um, are definitely a tick above. But, but, did, but did him being a lion, like, give you hesitation a little bit? Oh, for sure. Um, like, that, think- that would have been enough to scare me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it definitely did. Um, it, it gave me some reservations, but you know, we'll see. Um, I mean, some people, have, I look at Barry Sanders, maybe we'll just, if we can take that career, um, we'll be, we'll be good. I just don't think he's quite that elusive. Um, but you know, if, if he can give me half of that, then we'll call it a day. <laughs> For sure. Or you can be like me and you can take carry on because he's a lion over Nick Chubb with the, the sole basis that the Browns had just given Carlos Hyde three years, 15 million. Yeah, that was real great three years later. So, yeah, taking the talent is usually the smarter bet, that's for sure. All right, moving on. It definitely definitely had nothing to do with the fact that he went to UGA and I'm like (laughs) an hour away from UGA. So let me just put that to rest right now. That had nothing to do with it. (laughs) You mean that hype machine down there wasn't just pumping into your brain like nonstop? Absolutely not. You guys don't even understand. I go head to head with all of these SEC crazies on a daily basis, and they ask me who I root for, and I tell them with a straight face, uh, whoever the SEC is playing, primarily mm-hmm. if it's the Big Ten, that's who I'm rooting for. Nice. I mean, you got to have the hype train down there. It's a pretty Kirby smart move to do. Yeah, for sure. I got yeah. those dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jimmy. Yeah. I, I got something for you real quick. All right. You ready for this? I'm ready whenever you uh, want. We're going, off the, we're going off the beaten path here, but I figure since Greg you know, defended himself. Um, I, I got to ask you guys this. What do you call a kicker with no COVID symptoms? No clue. Well, that's good. Check in once the podcast drops, boys. Mike's going to have a new team name. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I like it. I hope you have a, a Bill Grammatica tearing his knee as your picture. Yes. Is that Martine? You may have an idea there. I don't even remember now. Was it Bill or Martine that tore his knee up dancing? Uh, I think Martine tore his knee up. I think it was Martine. Yeah. Bill Bill tore his Achilles, I thought, doing almost the same thing. Didn't one of them headbutt? uh, Who headbutted the wall? Oh, yeah. Compressed their vertebrae. 
Gus Perot. Yep, Gus Perot. Oh, that was a, that was a quarterback. In Washington. <laughs> what a moron. Good time. <laughs> All right, moving on to Mike's draft. Greg, what do you think about Mike's draft? I mean, if it were me, I'd have gone the same route. <laughs> like you just heard me talk about, you know, one of my big things is is running back depth, um, especially in this league. You, you don't know who you're going to stumble across. So with these later round picks, that's something that I try to focus on is who, who has the potential to uh, pay out big time for me. And for me, late in rounds, I look at running backs. So um, for both Mike and for Rich, if I was in their position, I'd have gone the same route. Okay. And we'll just go ahead and jump past it since the three of us actually did that breakdown. Um, so we'll move on to the team-by-team team breakdown here, and we'll start with Greg. Um, I'm up with Greg's quarterbacks. Uh, I gave Greg a B-plus grade for his quarterbacks. Uh, he was fourth in quarterback scoring in 2019. I mean, I think that Kyler Murray has top, top QB1 overall upside. Um, he was the most accurate deep ball thrower in 2019. Um, deep ball being a 21-yard pass, 21-plus yard pass downfield. Um, his accuracy on those throws were 61.1%, which was actually higher than the 29 or 2018 winner, which was Andrew Luck. Um, he, you know, second in the NFL in rushing yards with 544. They added DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, what more could you really ask for for Kyler Murray? Um, and then Jameis, you know, he might be the heir apparent to Breeze. It'd be amazing for all fantasy football, but you know, for this year, he's a backup. So if Jameis was a starter, I think I would definitely give this group probably an A plus, um, but as a backup, I'm going to go ahead and give you a B plus. Uh, Mike, what are your thoughts? I'm going to start with, um, so everybody knows tonight, guys, I did not make any notes. Things have just been crazy at school starting and all that. So I'm legitimately just outside, hanging out on my hammock, drinking a beer and not looking at any of Jimmy's notes and looking at our teams on the fly. So I kind of figured that'd be a great, honest assessment how to do this, and that's what we're doing. But I also need you guys to know this. You might have to be patient with me, boys, because Tonight on our HFFL podcast, we might have a podcast first because I might have shit on the air after eating a <laughs> chorizo burrito. Um, it was damn good, but chorizo usually kills me. So if you hear anything, yeah, that's, that's just what mute. Just just mute. Nope, absolutely not. Gonna put <laughs> you guys through. It. Don't let us hear the splash, man. I don't want to hear the splash. That's great. Can you guys believe you're listening to this shit? <clears throat> so oh God, I'm going. Going to Greg's team, I mean, obviously Tyrod's there is a little bit of a stopgap, but kind of good, you know, if anything's needed with Herbert taking over at some point. Um, we know what Jameis is, especially as backup now, but I do love Kyler. Um, as a group, it's tough with only, you know, one real legitimate starter to give them a real high grade, but I do think Kyler makes up for the uh, for that, especially some of the stats you said, Jimmy. I'm a huge Kyler Murray fan, and I probably give him a big cookie as well. All right. Rich, what are your thoughts? Okay. Uh, so I, just so you guys know, I have a, a, a heat chart of every roster in the league um, that I grade everybody's positions, and I do it one through five. Five being elite, four being above average, three is average. Two, I call it help. And if I gave you a one, it means drop them all and start over. <laughs> so this helps me kind of gauge the league's strengths and weaknesses and helps me uh, – come up with my trades so we're going to just make those a b c d e and f i don't know if i'm going to give pluses and minuses but i also had greg as a b with quarterbacks um he's got a great young quarterback in kyler murray i think he's extremely dynamic has a hell of an arm um tyrod taylor that was my 
all-time go-get Madden quarterback whenever I was building a franchise. So I love me some Tyrod. Um, and then, yeah, Jameis is a starter who throws the ball a lot. At least he did. I mean, he, he also, I think, what, threw 20 touchdowns and 20 picks in, like, the first eight games last year, but he slings it. So um, that's a perfect example of a great fantasy player versus a, a great actual football player. But um, I, think it's a, I think it's a B squad overall, um, and Kyler is a, a nice piece for the future. Um, I'm sure Greg will have him for a very long time. Yeah, no doubt. All right, on to the running backs. Mike, you're up. In terms of his running backs, I think he has you know, definitely some useful guys, even though there might not be anyone you typically look at as being game breaker. Um, I know we kind of hit hard on him with the DeAndre Swift, but who you knows, like you said, in a couple of years, I could end up being a really good one. And the same with Zach Moss in terms of young guys. Um, the one thing I wonder is, is his consistency going to be there this year? You know, does he have two guys that he can plug and play and not worry about? I think Kenyon Drake's probably the best one in terms of that. But even then, we've seen how he can be very streaky when he was in Miami, even though last year when he did go to the Cardinals, he lit it off. He you know, had a, a great second half of the season with them. In terms of his overall running back grade, just looking at it off the cuff here, um, I'd probably go about a B minus. I do think that Jordan Howard is useful and he's not washed up. So I think that, you know, having him as a number two running back, you could do better, but you could probably absolutely do worse. And then who knows about Tariq Cohen? I know Ryan hates him, but Ryan's also a Bears fan. So he probably would be a little more critical on guys he doesn't like and a little more hopeful on guys he does. Like who probably sucks. But, uh, you know, in terms of that, B minus for you, Greg. But you do have some some useful pieces. Devin Singletary, I'd like to think that he can grow. Maybe he's your number two, or potentially close up and can be a number one um, with Zach Moss's insurance. All right, Rich, what do you think? I think this backfield has a lot of potential. Um, I like Kenyon Drake. I feel he can carry the rock. Um, uh, you know, he's got he's extremely dynamic, and I think he, you know, uh, Greg has a lot of dynamic running backs here with Terry Cohen, uh, and then he goes and you know adds another piece to a, you know a really already dynamic backfield that can run and catch the ball with DeAndre Swift. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Jordan Howard. I feel like Jordan Howard has just kind of been passed around the league like a like a two dollar hooker, but um, <laughs> I I don't really see him. Uh, being that kind of workhorse, uh, I think Matt Breida, there was a reason they signed him. Um, but uh, I really like Devin Singletary. I've actually tried to trade Greg for Devin Singletary, which was unsuccessful. Um, but uh, I think he's a nice young running back who is going to continue to develop. And uh, they have a, you know, if um, Josh Allen would stop running the damn ball, which I guess I read today, he's gonna, they're going to start giving the ball to him and he's going he's gonna to do work. So um, overall, a lot of potential. No, nothing really proven yet in the backfield, um, so I went with a, with a C. Okay. Um, for me, he has a B. <clears throat> um, he was 11th in running back scoring last year, but he has a ton of depth. Um, and Kenyon Drake, to me, has a legitimate shot at being a top eight running back. Um, he was the running back four after being traded to Arizona in weeks nine to 17. And then I really like have him having Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. I think they're both be top 40 running backs together, but if one of them goes down, um, the other one definitely has a shot at top 15. Singletary was the running back 20 in weeks 9 to 17, which was when the team finally abandoned Frank Gore. Um, and then, you know, Zach Moss is getting all kinds of hype the last couple of days. So um, I really like this group. I liked this group actually before the draft, before he took Swift. 
Um, but I was, I was the lone man standing on that one. So it'll be interesting to see how, how that goes this year. All right. On to wide receivers, Rich. Um, so for his wide receiver group, Julio Jones, Tyreek Hill is enough for a B. Um, other than that, get a third wide receiver because I don't, I don't see it here. Um, Sammy's got bad needs. Cordero's never lived up to his potential. Corey Davis, we're still hoping for. Um, oh, now he went to Western. Well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> those who have owned Corey Davis are like, this is the year in redraft leagues. And then he just sits on your bench or unfortunately has to start for you and put up six points a week um, if you're lucky. And then, you know, Randall Cobb was good for a couple of seasons in Green Bay. So, um, great foundation with Julio and Tyreek, um, which I think, you know, those guys are fantastic. That's enough for a B for me. Got to find a third receiver. Yeah, I gave him, uh, similar to what you're saying, um, I gave him an A- minus mainly because of Julio and Tyreek. I mean, that having two top five wide receivers is just incredible. Um, I'm still a Corey Davis fangirl as he's one of the people that really let me down. Uh, Ryan, Ryan and I always talk about different prospects. We're in every league that we're in, we're in together. Um, and he was always adamantly that uh, adamantly saying Corey Davis was going to suck. And I was, you know, Mr. Analytics and loving the numbers and loving everything. And, you know, he, he was right on this one, I have to admit. And then Sammy, you know, Sammy's going to have two huge blow up games this year, but you know, will he be in Greg's lineup on those games? Who knows? So he'd definitely need to, play that waiver wire, you know, and hopefully for his sake, you know, catch that Sammy Watkins week, but Julio and Tyreek can really cover a lot of ills there as, as his wide receiver three struggles. Mike, what do you think? I'm right along the same lines as you guys. I would go with B plus. Um, obviously it could be argued that that is the top duo on any team in the whole league, but Tyreek and Julio. Yep. Um, you know, as you guys talked about Sammy, Cordero, Corey, and, and Randall kind of never know what you're going to get, but, I might mention one of these guys later when you ask me a different question. Oh, okay. And it's I, not Corey what? because his brother Titus is definitely a better receiver anyway. So, fire up chips. Ouch. All right, <laughs> moving on to the tight ends. <laughs> um, I gave Greg a B for his tight ends. Uh, he's going to go as Evan Ingram goes. Last year, Greg was sixth in tight end scoring. Um, Evan Ingram has been very good when he's healthy. He was fourth in points per game at tight end in 2017, sixth in points per game in 2019 but he's missed 14 games over the last three years, you know, and, and Greg does have some, some guys that are decent off the bench. Uh, Gerald Everett had a big stretch last year, a tight end seven stretch for six weeks. I mean, he's a nice athlete and I really like Adam Troutman long-term. I think he's a hell of a dynasty stash, um, but I don't think he's getting anything out of those two in 2020. So it's, it's Ingram or bust for him. Mike, what do you think? I agree with you there. I think Everett is a guy with potential as well. Uh, just a lot of mouths to feed out there, um, especially sharing a tight end position with another guy that's pretty darn good. So I agree with you on Troutman. I honestly didn't know much about him. I I lost him in the draft process until Ryan started mentioning him. I was like, oh, all right, I get it. But, yeah, it, it really does come down to Evan Ingram, which uh, one thing I love in my players in general is consistency. Um, he had a few big games over the course of, you know, the last couple of years. And he had some duds, especially his rookie year. But he was a dude with great potential. And I would agree with you right at that B, maybe even B minus range. Okay. Rich? I got him rolling in here with a C. Uh, Evan Ingram has all the talent in the world and just can't stay on the field. Um, until he can prove he can do that, it's 
it's a average to subpar tight end group. Um, and then I don't know much about Troutman. Um, you know, Breeze does like to use the tight end uh, across the middle of the field. Maybe he can make an impact, uh, that, but, you know, really an unknown for me. Um, and then who else do you got? Chris Everett here? Gerald I don't Everett. know. Yeah. I know. It's a joke. Oh. <laughs> that was good. It took me a second, but that was good. I right. bet you don't say that again. Exactly. <laughs> I like it. All right. Moving on to the D line. Mike, you're up. Um, I really like the players he has. Uh, I think it could be a little bit tougher for um, a guy like DeForest moving to Indy to have the same type of impact he did in San Francisco, but I think he's a fantastic player. Melvin Ingram, one of my favorite game packs of all time. Um, Jordan Cameron's proven over the years that he's not, um, I mean, outside of like last year and potentially year before that, he's typically not huge. You know, he's kind of hit a, a late career resurgence, if you will, where he's been really good the last few years. Okay. I, I like him as a player, but it's typically tough on that Seattle line to produce consistently. I know a couple years ago he killed it. So um, potential here is very, very good. I'd probably go a, a B plus for Greg just because the guys there, if they are on the field and getting snaps, they're going to be consistent and put up good numbers. Maybe not great, but very good. All right. Rich, what do you think? I got him as a B as well. Um, Jordan, uh, Cameron Jordan uh, and Melvin Ingram, uh, two elite pass rushers. Um, I, I feel, you know, that that's enough to, to justify be there. Uh, DeForest Buckner is a beast, uh, up the middle. Um, and with the tackle points, I think D tackles, uh, fair a bit better in fantasy these days, uh, in our league. Um, and then, uh, yeah, uh, you know, I think he's got Ed Oliver sitting down on his taxi squad too. So we'll see what he can do. And his uh, I think this is what his second year. So, um, it's a, it's a B squad. It's a pretty good squad. Lots of potential and uh, two, two to three really proven players. Yeah, and I give him a B plus. Um, he was second in D-line scoring last year. Uh, Cam Jordan's been a stud. He's had 78 sacks over the last seven years. He's averaging um, 11 a year. And he has pretty consistent high tackle numbers for a 4-3 end. Um, I agree with you guys. You know, what a great year to be a defensive lineman, though, right? I mean, four years, $84 million for Buckner. Um, Melvin Gordon or Melvin Gordon Melvin Ingram right now is is talking about wanting a new deal too so um, I don't blame him it's a it's a if you're a D lineman you should be trying to get that bag this year because they are just handing money out left and right to pass rushers all right moving on to the linebackers Rich you're up all right so linebackers here uh, um, I gave Greg a C uh, I'm really high on Isaiah Simmons um, I think Roquan Smith and Zedaria Smith are, are in tune for a, a big year. Um, I think they're going to get a lot, lot more snaps um, this year than they have in the past. Um, so I think he's got a pretty solid squad, uh, but for the most part, fairly average. Um, so I go with the C. Um, I gave him a C plus. Uh, losing Luke Keekley was an absolutely crushing blow. Um, mm -hmm. he, does, he has spent significant draft capital to try and shore this unit up. He spent the 1.12 on Roquan Smith, who I am in love with. Um, and then this year he got Isaiah Simmons, who I've been kind of down on, um, but it's hard to argue with, you know, his draft capital and then getting a player like that in the, the early second. And then I really like Willie Gay in the third. I think that was a great pick. Um, 
the Chiefs are desperate for somebody that can cover a running back or a tight end out of the backfield, and, and he definitely has the athleticism to make that happen. And then Nick Kwiatkowski, he's kind of a sleeper. He got three years, $21 million from the Raiders. Um, he's going to start. He's going to play a lot of snaps. You know, he's a PFF darling. Um, and nice little $3 fab ad there well, for Greg. So, um, well, Jimmy, weren't you really high on him? And then he, like, tore his peck or something. Was that, like, 2018? I, I, I could have swore you were pretty high on him. I was trying to get um, – oh, they drafted some alphabet name guy. Yeah, thinking, okay, maybe I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. It was, it was the Bears, right? No, well, yeah, but it wasn't Kwiatkowski. It was Kwiatkowski's backup. But oh, okay, I can't remember his name. I can't remember his name. But, yeah, you are you are correct. Right team, crazy last name, wrong guy. Um, Mike, what do you think? I really feel like I can't give an assessment right now because all I can think about is trying to think of this douchebag's name you're just talking about, and I can't do it. It's driving me nuts. Mike, just talk. <laughs> I'm on it. My man. That's why we're buddies. <clears throat> so, uh, in terms of his group, I, I echo what you guys say. I think this is his weakest group on his team, but it's not necessarily saying it's bad. Um, a guy like Simmons, we know all the talent in the world is there, but they go into a team that how is he going to be used with a guy like Buda on the back end who we know can do a little bit of everything? Um, and then a couple of dudes that, even though PFF doesn't necessarily like them, they're going to play a lot in Jordan Hicks and Devondre Campbell. So how is he going to be used to have real early fantasy relevance? Who knows? Uh, I do like Nick Kwiatkowski as a guy that, you know, has in limited time with Chicago performed seemingly pretty well, you know. So he could be a guy that, can be counted on. Love Will Klein. Dude's been very good. I know he had you know, some issues last year. I believe he hurt his growing or something like that last year and missed some games. Or maybe it was his calf, whatever it might have been. When I mentioned Willie Gay earlier. I, I really liked him when he was at Mississippi State. He just always seemed to be all over the field. Um, I'm not huge. I'm one of those guys, typical three, four outside linebackers, even though Zedaria Smith was an incredible pass rusher. Just not huge. I'm those types of dudes in my linebacking core. If I don't have to be, uh, I would also give Greg a C. But I do think potential is there to be better than a C come the end of this year. Okay. You find who you're thinking about, Rich? I'm telling you, it's this guy. I think you're crazy. Kwiatkowski? I think it was Kwiatkowski because uh, somebody got hurt that year and he was supposed to be that guy's backup. He was like a. Was it Trevathan got hurt? No, hold on. Uh, Wait, Danny Trevathan got hurt? <laughs> Shocker, right? Wait, Roquan yeah. Smith. Marvin Jones. No, oh, he played his rookie year. Um, I, I can't remember. It, Somebody got – I thought it was Joel Ayigbanui, however you say that. No, was it wasn't that guy. It was in the HFFL. I was trying to get him in, in Waffle, but I'll move on. All right. Yep. Defensive backs. Um, I gave Greg a C+. Plus. Uh, he was 10th in DB scoring last year. Terrell Edmonds took a nice jump. Getting Mika Fitzpatrick obviously helped him to free him up and actually be able to do something other than trying to play deep. Uh, Pittsburgh does have good linebackers, so he does have some cap ceiling with tackle opportunity. And then Justin, Har Justin Reed and Anthony Harris are solid. Um, I was a big fan of uh, Xavier McKinney pre-draft. He did go to a team with major linebacker questions aside from Blake Martinez, um, so he should have some top tackle opportunity. Uh, so he's got a, a decent unit there. Mike, what do you think? I think he has a really good group overall. They're pretty young. I like all four of those guys. Um, I can't really put a hierarchy to them. I would I think that, you know, looking at 
projections and things. I don't always buy into that type of stuff. I think this is a B type group that has potential to be a little bit better than that, uh, depending on how exactly they're used in their particular defenses. Um, Anthony Harris, I think he's a really, really good safety. Uh, the trouble is he's asked to play center field a lot next to uh, an incredible safety that can also play center field in Harrison Smith, who's one of the other guys here owns. So, you know, it's just sometimes it's really tough to have two safeties that can produce at a high level. But I really like all four of these guys for that deep grade. Yep. Rich, what do you think? I, I graded him out as average at a C. Um, I think there's a – a lot of potential here other than Anthony Harris. I think Anthony Harris is what he is. He's, you know, 50, 60 tackles a year. And in this league, I don't really think that had cut to anywhere other than D tackle. Um, but uh, with Reed and Edmonds, I think he's got a really solid pairing. And, uh, you know, McKinney is highly touted. Um, he's playing on a team where safeties have traditionally been very successful. Um, so uh, overall, I think it's a it's an average – Average uh, defensive backfield and, uh, you know, serviceable. Okay. All right. So we will move on to the players that we think will exceed expectations. Mike, you're up first. I have to go with whoever he picks up as a kicker. <laughs> he doesn't have one right now. Shout out to you, Matt Kobe. Uh, I kind of foreshadowed this a little bit earlier. Uh, I know it can be really, really tough to buy into this name. But I'm going to go with Randall Cobb. Uh, he's the guy that has produced in the league. He's going to a team that obviously lost one of the best receivers in the game, but, you know, that just means there's a target share there. If he can stay healthy as a slot receiver, if he has anything left, and he, I think he showed last year with Dallas, you know, he's, he's got a little bit of a tank potentially, but he can absolutely go a little bit higher. Yeah, and he, he got a, a decent amount of money from them. They gave him three years, $27 million, which was very surprising. It's dumb um, is what it is. <laughs> I was trying to be nice. <laughs> Probably is a little no, dumb, but yeah, it if is you get dumb. that, you're going to be on the field. Paying a 30-year-old receiver that kind of money. Rich, what do you think? Who's What player do you think is going to well, exceed expectations? Just real quick, you know, to make it a little conversational. Um, Mike, what do you think stat line-wise would be exceeding expectations for Randall Cobb? I'm interested. Exceeding or meeting? This is exceeding. Exceeding. exceeding? Okay. Sorry, <laughs> excelling. I, broke up on excelling. Excelling on his in his field. Honestly, I would say something about what he did last year. Um, I think that a lot of people would expect him to have a decline looking at his numbers. Maybe he doesn't have the uh, fifteen point one average, but he had fifty five receptions for eight twenty eight and three touchdowns. I could see him doing something similar again. Maybe it's a little bit less yards with a few more catches because um, I think they spread it around a little more in Houston this year than maybe Dallas did with you know some alpha dogs there. But uh, I could I could see him putting up those same type of numbers, which to me would be exceeding expectations for this year. Okay. Rich, who do you have? I'm not saying he's going to do it. I just think it's possible. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, that's fine. I just I just wanted to know what your what your gauge was. You know what I mean. So my guy is uh, Devin Singletary. I'm really high on this kid. Um, I know they drafted Zach Moss, but everybody is handcuffing themselves with another top talent in their backfield. Everybody's making sure they're going to at least have somebody who can carry the rock and and spell a guy, keep legs fresh, right? Because in the end of the game, you need that you know third one, third and two. Uh, but I I don't think they've lost faith in Singletary. I think they're going to give him the rock. He's going to tote it well. 
Um, they got a really good offensive line in Buffalo. Um, so uh, when it comes to run blocking, um, so I can see Devin Singletary having a big year uh, and exceeding expectations and, you know, scoring a lot of touchdowns. And then for me, it's, it's Kenyon Drake. Like I said, I think he's got a legitimate shot at top eight. Um, and his big thing will be just the, the amount of snaps that he'll play. Um, last year when he was with Arizona, he saw 79% of the snaps compared to David Johnson's 26%. He saw 14% of the targets. Um, DJ only saw 3%. 61% of the rushing attempts to DJ's 11 um, I think that Chase Edmonds will play a similar role to DJ last year, which makes Drake potentially a 75% snap player. Um, and that would have been fourth among all running backs in 2019, right behind Leonard Fournette and ahead of Todd Gurley. Um, so just the sheer volume of being on the field in an up-tempo offense, you know, and he played so well last year at the end of the year. Um, I, I really like him for, for Greg's team. I think he's got big time potential this year. Uh, Rich, who do you think will not live up to their expectations aside from Randy? Sure. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan Howard. Gross. I don't know. I don't like the guy. I, I, I feel he benefited from a run heavy offense uh, the first two years in the league uh, in Chicago um, with his thousand yard seasons. And it has just been a steady decline. He, he doesn't have that one cut and go. He doesn't have the vision that you'd like to see. Um, I, I just feel everybody's expecting him to, you know, be the number one guy uh, in Miami, and I just don't see it happening. Um, so I, I feel if your expectation is, hey, this is a plug-and-play starter, forget about that spot, I don't think it's the guy. Yeah. Um, for me, it's Evan Engram. I just – the fact that he's missed, you know, 13, 14 games, whatever it is, in, 30, in the last two seasons, that's just – that's crazy. That's, it's hard to rely on a guy like that, you know, and he doesn't have a lot of, of 2020 production behind him, so – yeah, that's where I'm going to go. Mike? Sorry, I was lucky enough that uh, the wife got the kid to sleep by driving him around. And I asked her if she wouldn't mind bringing me a beer out to the hammock, and it was being delivered. So wow. kudos to Michelle for helping out. I, uh, actually, a few days ago, I bought the Sam Adams Jacko. It's a, like a pumpkin beer, and it's really darn good. So Nice. I love it. But um, in terms of that uh, – Mind if I talk about Jordan Howard for a second? Yeah. He's not my pick here. Um, dude's still 25. Seems like he's been around forever, right? Um, I know he was hurt last year, but even last year, he was averaging <clears throat> almost 11 points which a game, which is pretty much what he's been throughout his career, maybe a little bit more like 2017 or so, I'm guessing. But if you can get that as an RB2, which granted – if it's Kenyon Drake or Devin Singletary that becomes your RB1, I think it's perfectly fine and useful or even, you know, with that group, a running back three. So I won't hate on Rich saying that because I know he's always hated Jordan Howard no matter where he's been. Um, my pick for this is really, really tough. And to me, it comes down to age, injury history, and big guys typically not lasting. Nothing to do with talent at all in Julio Jones. Um, we've seen he's always been a guy with a propensity to be hurt, but we've seen you know, last year was like one of his healthiest years in a while. The last two have, but when's that going to sneak up again? You know what I mean? Uh, he's a very consistent dude when he's on the field. But I got to think after two years of a lot of health, it's got to rear its ugly head at some point getting into his early 30s here. Well, it sounds like it's the perfect time for you to trade him to me, Greg. 
<laughs> Mike, I think you said the same thing about Larry Fitzgerald like eight years ago too when you traded him to me. Wasn't there? Yeah. Well, that's cool because <laughs> guess what? Larry's still good, but he's not greatly useful in fantasy. So good call. No, Rich. yeah, but he's also thirty-six. <laughs> yeah, but he—they're—they're they're very different players, though. I know, but they're I mean, both goats. You know. Yeah, there's one that's a goat, and his name's Lawrence. Okay. Lawrence right. Arabia. He's quiet because he knows it's not Julio. He knows it's not Julio. No, Julio's Quintoris. So who are you trying to say? Oh, he's saying Larry. Julio's. Oh, I get it. Uh, Larry's who, a goat. Yeah, I said, I I said know, Lawrence. I know, but they're, they're, bo- they're both like Hall of Fame guys. You can't say Julio's not a Hall of Famer. Oh, he's definitely well, Jimmy Famer. just called Julio Quintoris, so he's got to be a Hall of Famer now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's his name, Quintoris. Or clitoris, however you want to pronounce it. It's up to you. All right, moving on to Mike's team. <clears throat> uh, we'll start with Mike's quarterbacks. Um, I gave Mike a C plus. Um, he's totally dependent on Big, Ten, Big Ben returning from elbow surgery on three ligaments at 38 years old. Um, and as a Juju shareholder, I hope to God this works out. Um, personally, I'm completely out on Derek Carr. Um, so it's it's Big Ben or bust. And, and last time we saw Big Ben, you know, he threw for 5,000 yards. So he certainly has the talent around him to get it done still. And the team is still really good. So I do think there's a very good chance that big Ben bounces back. What are your thoughts here, Greg? Yeah, I gave, uh, I gave him a C as well. Kind of same thing. Um, a lot's on big Ben. I know there's a lot of talk out there in the national media um, that this, this might be the year of the demise. I don't think that it is. Um, but yeah, for sure. There's not a lot of depth there. I do think that, I think that getting to Vegas will be a good thing for the Raiders. I think that's a good thing for that whole organization, the players, um, all those distractions will finally start to go away. Um, but that still doesn't take away from the underlying point. Yeah. It's all about big Ben. Yeah, for sure. Rich. Now, Mike, remember, none of this is personal. It's all business. Oh, that's <laughs> I, gave, <laughs> uh, I gave your quarterbacks a D here. Um, I think Ben's done. And I think, Carr is, is very similar to a quarterback that I have on my team that just isn't very good but is serviceable. Uh, so um, barely serviceable, really. Uh, doesn't throw a whole lot of touchdowns um, with Derek Carr. So uh, all in all, I'd say a, a D for Mike's quarterbacks. I think he needs some help there. Okay. Moving on to running backs. Greg, what are your thoughts Here's here? Here's my question for you guys. Go ahead, Mike. Real quick. Do you guys think Derek Carr is bad because he's bad as a player or Derek Carr is bad because of situations he's been put in? Yes. <laughs> yeah, second one. I agree with you. I, I agree. I think that typically you think of John Gruden offenses is always – they might not ever have many big names at quarterback outside of Rich Gannon. But even you know at that point, they were able to sling it with some good receivers. And I just think that the last few years, I think Derek Carr is – a much better real life quarterback than he is fantasy wise. I would so agree I with that. Him, I, I just I think he's really good and I know that he's not a great like if I had to depend on him every week like I kinda of did last year between him and Fitzpatrick, I'm screwed, right? But um I really wish that John Gruden would just try to open it up with him. But stud running back now too. Um, hey Mark hey Mike, I just got an update know. right here eleven hours ago. Carr is locked in for week one. No hint of Marcus Mariota making a push. So you can you can you can rest easy tonight, my friend. 
the, oh, the this quarterback that we're talking about was supposed to be pushed by Marcus Mariota. Forget yeah, about Mariota that. Mariota sucks. Car's your guy. Mar- Mariota sucks, but the reason I picked him up in the offseason, you know, last year with some fabs, just hoping he'd go somewhere that would run some kind of crazy-ass Chip Kelly offense and he could run for 800 yards like Lamar Jackson would do. So I was never worried when they signed Marcus Mariota, but I think I think Big Ben's going to come out and be fine. Yeah, and I, I agree with you on Ben, but I'm not a, not a Derek Carr guy myself. All right, Greg, on to the running backs. Uh, so, <clears throat> Mike, I gave you a B plus on uh, on your running backs. I think you've got some really good players. Um, depth, definitely, we'll see what happens this year in terms of the development of a couple of these players. Um, but obviously, Le'Veon's Le'Veon. Um, he's going to do Le'Veon things. Um, Connor, I, I think that there's going to be um, – I think he's definitely going to excel over last year. Just getting Ben back in there creates more of a thought process for the defense. They're not going to be able to just key in as much. Um, And I think I'll give a little tease like you did. Maybe we talk about him a little bit later on uh, when we get into some of the players at the end, but yeah, I'd go B plus. All right. Uh, Rich. Uh, yeah, we're going to go with a C uh, on Mike's backfield. Mike has a lot of guys, and he has a lot of guys who the one bell cow that he's been leaning on, Le'Veon Bell, uh, is starting to hit that downturn in his career, unfortunately. Um, I told Mike never to trade him, and he hasn't, and that's my fault because he probably should have traded him. Um, so I, I don't know what to think of, of – the other running backs here, I just – I don't see Gus Edwards, Jarek McKinnon, Jalen Samuels, James Conner, you know, Lamar Miller, injury concerns, you know, I don't know. Um, and then, you know, he's got backups on backups, you know, on his taxi squad because uh, he's, he's nervous. You know, he, I, I, he himself has every – has the entire Pittsburgh backfield because he needs one of them to hit. And I don't know if one of them is going to hit. You know, it might be a, a mixture of a few of them. So, all in all, I think he can piece together a, an average serviceable backfield, but there's nobody here that's going to blow the top off uh, a week and, and win him a game. So, all in all, I'd say a C. And then for me, um, I gave him a B, a B as well. I'm very close to Greg. Oh, down. Uh, for me, it's like James Conner at this time last year, was a first-round pick in redraft leagues. He was the running back seven. This year he has the exact same role with almost the exact same team, and he's running back 22, and he's a fourth-round pick in startups. To me, that makes no sense. Um, he's in a contract year. He's going to eat. I mean, he was hurt last year, obviously, but the year before, the guy had 271 points in 13 games. So I think James Conner has a legitimate shot at, at a top-10 spot here, um, and I think he's in great, great place there. They um, can throw the ball. Yeah. Right. So, can they throw the ball this year? I don't know. Because last year they couldn't either. So that's well, my big question, right? What's that? They didn't have Big Ben last year. I mean, going from him to to Rudolph is just a catastrophic loss for them. And right. So yeah, a thirty-eight year old coming back from shoulder surgery. Right. No, I'm not. I'm not arguing that the, the elbow yeah. surgery is definitely a problem. But I. So again, this probably goes back to me believing that Big Ben will rebound and will be, you know, if a 4,500 yard passer 
and mm-hmm. the team will be good. So I guess, I guess, yeah, I can see where you're saying there's some ifs there for sure. Um, and then with Lev Bell, um, Le'Veon still got over 300 touches, but he was incredibly inefficient. Um, was it him? Was it Adam Gase? Was it the O-line? The Jets spent a ton of draft capital to make that O-line better. Uh, I do think he'll get 300 touches again. And if he can return to his career yard per carry of 4.2, um, that would be a massive fantasy football rebound. Um, so I, I think Mike's in good shape. I, I truly do as far as his two starters. Having Sony off the bench is a nice running back three if Sony's actually going to be available. Um, and then he definitely has every handcuff imaginable. So maybe Benny Snell, maybe Jalen Samuels, maybe I don't I have no idea who that, that guy is for them. So he's definitely got everyone there. <clears throat> It's Mike right. thinking forward. <laughs> <laughs> Moving you on. You guys to want to hear the philosophy here or no? Yeah, no, go you don't have to. No, let's do it. James Conner's going to start. James Conner's going to have a good year. They're not going to resign him. Yep. Because why would you do it? I'm just like Scott there. Why would you do it? So, Benny Snell splits work next year where he's the main dog and Anthony McFarland becomes a third down back, making both of them useful. Jalen Samuels, I don't know if he makes it past roster cuts this year. But Jalen Samuels is a fantastic pass catcher, probably catches on somewhere to become their third down bet, giving him a little bit of relevance. And if not, he can go bye-bye. And then I'm taking a chance that Gus Edwards actually gets traded for Ngakwe. And then when Leonard Fournette goes bye-bye, he takes over in Jacksonville, which I know that's a little bit of a stretch. And then, uh, I mean, Jared McKinnon's a wild card throw. Sony, <laughs> I'm not worried about Sony because – Damian Harris, yeah, he's their starter now, Rich, but congratulations, you just beat out a dude that I loved a decade ago when he played for Nebraska and Rex Burkhead, so cool story. Damian Harris. He's not their starter. He's not their starter. I was just feeding the rumor mill. (laughs) Oh, of course, feeding the rumor mill, but you think he's great, so have have fun. Oh, he is great. He's going to be a productive back. (laughs) Holding a clipboard for someone else. Hey, (laughs) everybody has a role. That's true. Waterboy has a role. Yeah. All right, Rich. What about his wide receivers? Mike's got a solid group here. Uh, I gave him a B. Um, you know, DK Metcalf, uh, Michael Thomas. Uh, you know, Mike wanted to talk about the Tyreek and Julio being the best one too. I think Mike could definitely challenge challenge Greg on that. Um, he, he's got some really good young receivers that I'm really high on that I think have the potential and the size to, to be good in the future, which is Jalen Hurd and Miles Boykins or Miles Boykin. Um, Boykin. Boykin? I know. So I see him on your IR. I know, but he's, oh my God. he's young and I don't think he's played a snap yet, but <laughs> he's got potential. He's got the size and speed. So we'll see what happens with him. But, um, I think you have a better three in Golden Tate um, than Greg does. So I'll give you a B, and if I had to give you a comparison, I'd probably give you the plus. Um, for me, I have you in A-, minus, um, and I would have you probably at a solid A with a healthy Alshon. You were third in wide receiver scoring last year, and you didn't have DK Metcalf. Um, that should just tell you how ridiculous Michael Thomas was. Um, your Wait, wide I was third? Yep. Dude, I felt like I struggled in that position last year. That's incredible to find that. Well, that's because Michael Thomas. Because I have one honest beast, yeah. I get it. <laughs> the, the beast. Yeah, he the was beast. And then it is the beast. DK 2.06. Takes, DK takes his shirt off and every other fantasy team just runs away. The guy is terrifying. So, I think Pretty he's hard. stacked at wide receiver again this year. I think 
it's going to be solid again. Nothing, nothing wrong there. Hey, Go ahead. Hey, Mike, just real quick. Mike, I think it's brought up every podcast. Um, are you willing to trade Michael Thomas for a third like he traded Devontae Adams? <laughs> 100%. Let's do it. Okay. All right, cool. Let's do it. As long as I can get Dallas Goddard just... for a fourth. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Boom. Done. Three, three-way trade. Greg, All right, sorry, you... Greg. <laughs> oh, you're good. First, I want to <laughs> double back to something that, he, that Mike said about the, the running backs and his master plan. You know, just make sure you hang on to all of those GM cell phone numbers, man, because you got you got to stay in contact with them. Make sure all those moves happen the right way um, to to benefit your team. It's going to take some maneuvers for sure. One hundred percent. If all these NFL teams knew what they were doing, they let me work for every single one of them. I was exactly. Say, you're, you're talking to the guy for the last fifteen years thought he could be an NFL GM because he's good at Madden uh, <laughs> franchise. I haven't played Madden in at least six years. I'm not worried about that. You've retired, right? You retired. I'm in Enjoy active. your retirement. Anyways, retire. <laughs> anyways, uh, Mike, I gave you an A minus uh, for your wide receivers. Uh, obviously, these two guys just kind of hit on it a little bit. Um, I'll tease my my end a little bit as well. There, I think there's somebody here that's going to make an appearance later on um, as we talk through your team. But like they said, you've got the beast of all beasts. Um, and I'm really excited to see what Metcalf can do um, <clears throat> now that he started to really establish himself last year. I think this is going to be a coming out party for him. And yeah, I think by the end of this year, you're looking at a, a one-two punch that's better than my one-two punch because um, I think DK will assert himself into that kind of role. Uh, but yeah, solid uh, A minus. And you know, I think with some development, you're you're right there today. Good to you, Greg. No one likes short redheads anyway. <laughs> I think I'm all over you. All right, on to the tight ends. Um, I gave you an A minus. Um, Ertz to me is the number four tight end this year. <clears throat> Excuse me, um, but he hasn't had anything less than 816 yards in what one, two, three, four, five, six years in a row. I mean, the guy is the model of consistency. They just came out today and they're talking about signing him to an extension, which would crush my Dallas Cotter share. Um, but you know, he deserves it. Good for him. And then Ian Thomas, he does have some breakout hype. You know, he'll see 60 to 80 targets. So I think you have a very good tight end group, and I'm really glad that you didn't sell Zach Ertz for a, a second and third. What do you think here, Greg? Um, I went I went B-plus here. Uh, yeah, I mean, everything you just said about Ertz is pretty much spot on. He's been the model of consistency. Um, Ian Thomas is actually somebody that I was looking at trying to add as well once upon a time. Um, I, if I, if memory serves me, you beat me to him. So I definitely obviously have invested interest in, in seeing some upside out of, out of him. And, and for me, Eifer is nothing more than depth because obviously, as we know, he can't really stay on the field for more than however long it takes him to sneeze the next time. Um, so that part's kind of irrelevant for me. Yeah, for sure. Rich. Zach Ertz, A. Yeah. Done. <laughs> That's good. That's good. All right, on to the D-line, Greg. All right, D-line, um, I went B-plus. Um, I'm trying to find your D-line right now. Um, Jack Lawson, uh, obviously Justin Houston is gigantic, Everson Griffin. Um, I don't have metrics for you, unlike Jimmy. I'm sure he'll hit us with some knowledge here in a second, but you've got, you've got a really solid um, D-line. Obviously, there could be a little bit more depth, but on the flip side – I can obviously see and respect what you're doing with 
the depth on your team, you're stacking it into areas where you think um, you might be able to hit on a couple other players and you went with your studs and you're riding them. And, you know, I, I'll send my cap to that and got to respect the, uh, the owner's decision. <laughs> Rich, what are your thoughts here? Uh, I gave Mike a solid B. Um, I, I really like Everson Griffin and Justin Houston. I think those guys are fantastic rushers of the quarterback. Um, and then, you know, Shaq Lawson with depth. And I think you got a nice, you got a stash down there on your IR. Don't know that guy. Anyways, but uh, Everson Griffin, Justin Houston are really good. Um, I think Shaq has, has the ability to be really good in Miami this year. So I think it's solid B. Um, I gave him a C plus. Uh, he was 10th in D-line scoring last year, and he's probably going to finish in that same range this year. Obviously, like you guys, I love the landing spot for Everson Griffin. Um, and then I'm, I'm very interested to see what Daryl Taylor can do this year. Um, he was the second-round pick defensive end for Seattle out of Tennessee. Um, I drafted him in another league, so I'll be rooting him on with you there, Mike. So we're, we'll oh, man. together that he gets off the IR or whatever the heck's going on that's got him not practicing, and, and we can get some production this year. I mean, I'm leg. fine with him staying on it. If these guys are healthy. I don't want him to. He has him. a leg. He has a he leg. Has a leg. Therefore, he's out. No, well, that happens. That yeah. Happen. yeah, I heard his leg in college last year towards the end of the year. He's rehabbing it. So. Okay. All right, moving on to the linebackers, Rich. Uh, linebackers a B. Uh, Mike's got a a stable of linebackers that he's been trying to to trade for the last, I think, two weeks now. Um, but it's a really solid group. Um, I have probably had at least four of those guys on my roster at one point. So I think they're, they're pretty solid. Um, I really think if you need a linebacker, you need to reach out to Mike and get one of these guys because he's got a really solid group here with, uh, with Todd Davis, Nick Vigil, KJ Wright has always been productive. Uh, and then uh, Christian Kirksley or Kirk, Kirksey, Kirksey, is that how you say his name? Kirksey, I think has the potential to have a huge year this year in Green Bay. So, uh, B. You can trade me Kirksey, Mike. I'll take him. Make a legitimate offer, not like somebody around here that's offered a fourth two years down the road. Hmm. Okay. And I understand he's been hurt, but come on, man. <laughs> um, I give you a B minus. Um, you were third in linebacker scoring last year. Uh, you, you did, were able to pick up Miles Jack this year. Uh, like Rich was saying, with Kirksey going to, to Green Bay, um, that's a nice little landing spot for him. It is concerning that Todd Davis is already hurt, um, but we both know that Mike's going to hit the waiver wire. It's, it's one of the things Mike's always done really well in this league is hit the waiver wire, especially on the defensive guys, um, and, and find plug-and-play players there. Uh, so, Greg, go ahead. All right, uh, I got you down as a B. Once again, these guys have kind of hit on the main talking points. You you definitely are dealing from um, a position of depth, and yeah, like like Jimmy said, if someone's looking for uh, for a linebacker, they need to uh, look you up and, and set something up. Um, you've got your studs up at the top, and and then after that, you know it comes down to level. But if you're looking for solid players that are going to give you production, I mean, you've got multiples right there. So. Um, yeah, B for me. I sent you an offer, Mike. All right. <laughs> oh, do we have an on trade? Get the first I was going to say, is this, has this happened yet? We've it's been talking it. about this for like 18 podcasts now, I think. There we go. Here's what I'll say, Jimmy, is I think that offer is very, very fair. Um, but here's my problem. I traded so. a guy 
that's similar to Darius Slayton by the name of Robbie Anderson for Christian Kirksey a couple of years ago. With, I'm pretty sure it was Walt. And Kirksey has played in two years like eight quarters for me, seemingly. I know it's a little bit more than that, but I almost feel like I just – he's one of the toughest guys for me to move because he's only like 26 or 27. Well, it's not and, like uh, he's had anything, so it's not like you're out. Yeah, you know. Oh, no, like your, your offer is something that I believe is a correct value for him, but he might be the toughest guy out of this whole group for me to pull a trigger on for that. So full disclosure, so, the offer was a 2022 second, so it'll be interesting to see <clears throat> if uh, Mike changes his mind here or counters or what happens. So we'll move on. All right. Hmm. The, the, the anticipation is killing me. Me, me too. <laughs> Me too. Um, so Mike has – I'm going to go ahead with an incomplete grade here. Um, I have two grades for him. If Eric Reed gets picked up by a team, I have Mike with a B plus. If Eric Reed continues to get blackballed, I have him as a C. Um, he was second in DB scoring last year behind only um, Scott, Mr. DB himself. Um, and, and PFF was not a fan of Eric Reed, so there is theoretically the – thought process that maybe he just wasn't very good they ranked him as the 79th safety um but he played almost 1100 snaps so if a player is just not that good you know how does he play 1100 snaps and then nobody even gives him a training camp invite it's just it's fishy just like the last time eric reed spent eric reed spent time out of the league um but yeah so mike should get uh, john johnson back as a top 12 defensive end you know chuck chuck clark should see a lot more snaps now that his face is going to heal up after uh, earl thomas punched him so he should be okay. He should be okay, and he'll find somebody in free agency to help him where he doesn't get picked up. Greg, what are your thoughts? I gave him a B, um, mostly just because I, I do think that Eric Reed gets picked up, and good Lord, if he isn't, and we take a step back into that part of the history, God help us all. Um, but, yeah, I, I think there's a solid B there. Um, it, it'll be really, really interesting to see where that landing spot might be. But I think regardless of where it is, I think we'd all agree, you know, whether it's the San Francisco days or out in Carolina, like he's going to give you production. He's going to be a top-end player. Um, where exactly that ceiling will be will honestly just kind of depend on the scheme and the team that he winds up at. Okay. Rich? Uh Mike checks in with a C based on current status. Uh, Reed does not have a team. Uh, Mike, you need to pick up the phone and, and call Goodell and make something happen. Um, get this guy signed or something. But uh, if he doesn't sign, I mean, I know you're going to hold on to him for the for hope's sake. But, um, yeah, with, with the two guys you got, I'd say you're about average. Okay. Uh, Greg. I really do think Eric's getting blackballed over – everything that's going on based on his past, which kills me. Um, but <clears throat> did you guys know that before he got hurt last year, John Johnson was the number two DB in all of fantasy football? Did you guys know that when he became a starter, that Chuck Clark was the number like six to end the season and Earl Thomas just left? I like it. But I'll bet that, Rich, you might have one of the better DB groups out there. I bet those two guys score with what you do this year. Nice. Ben. Ooh, saucy. Ben. <clears throat> I just said that, Dick. Do you yeah. agree or no? <laughs> uh, no, I disagree with you. I think my guys outscore your guys. Well, let's There's bet. Our bet. What's, what's, so the, what's the amount? I mean, I was always good for handies. No. 
<laughs> For real. <laughs> loser, of the, loser of the bet gets to pick from the other guy's DBs and take them. Just oh. trade him. <laughs> <laughs> I want that guy. <laughs> but here's what I say, like how we've always bantered in the past. Obviously, someone gets injured in like game three and they're done for the year. It doesn't count, right? So I'll put five okay. bucks on it. All right, bet. So five bucks straight so, up. Your unit, top- unit outscores uh, Rich's unit. And the starting points like last year? I say our top two versus each other, whoever our top two is. Bet. Or start – we can do starting unit. No, no, no. Uh, points top possible, two, however you want. Top, top two potential points, top two guys, whether they're starting or not. Okay, so just your two highest scorers. Two highest two defensive high- back, and they have to be on your roster right now. Oh, okay. That's – hold on. We got to – It's got to yeah. be between these three guys. Reed, Johnson, Clark – Versus Collins, Smith, and Clinton Dix. Okay. Uh-huh. Does that work for you, Mike? Oh, I'm in. All right. I will add that to the bet thread after this this pod. Hey, Mike, I sent it. Let's get You know what? MFL shut down on me. I had replied to you, but it was being stupid. And then he pr- did he make it a 2021 and mm-hmm. sauce it up a little bit? <clears throat> no, I'll tell you exactly what he did. He sauced it up a little bit from the same year. Oh. Wow, that's impressive. Here we go. Super you might have to consider that one. All right, so moving on to players that will exceed expectations. Greg, what are your thoughts here? Um, I've got two players, but I see them as being 100% linked together. Um, I got Big Ben and James Conner. I think that the two of them, um, Roethlisberger coming back is going to help Conner. Um, you're, you know, Rich, you hit the nail on the head. You we're all waiting to see what exactly is Ben's health looks like this year. And can he get it done at that age coming off an injury? You know, we'll see. Um, but I think that partly because the bar is going to be low for big Ben. So it seems like a, a reasonable route to go for me. Um, but partly because like I said earlier, just the fact that big Ben, a legitimate quarterback is going to be dropping back for them. You've got to respect that, which is going to open the door for uh, Connor to do some damage. Okay. Rich, what are your thoughts? Greg, you ignorant slut. <laughs> Let me tell you something. There's no way. I'm telling you, Big Ben is done. I hope you guys got that reference, by the way. Um, yeah. Big Ben is done. Uh, there's no way in hell he, he does anything that he's done in the past for Pittsburgh. I don't think he, he comes back and – even touches 4,000 yards, 3,800 yards, doesn't happen. But my exceeding expectations from Mike um, is I think Miles Jack comes back and has a huge year. I think he's over 100 tackles. Um, I think he's going to far and exceed what Mike's expectations are. He's a great young run, uh, linebacker, um, got a ton of potential, and I think he shows it this year. Do you think that's because – he's going to move outside with Schobert coming in? Like, what, what is your thought process there? Because I have Miles Jack in another league, and he's been infuriating. So I'm just curious. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's, it's, it's flow to the ball, right? He's moving to the weak side. Yep. Um, so, you know, uh, he is going to see a hole, and he's going to run through it. It's going to produce a lot of tackles. Okay. I, ho- I hope you're right on that one. Um, for me, it's me just like Greg was saying, and I kind of already talked about it a little bit. So that that's, I think he's, 
got top 10 upside. Uh, what player do you think will not live up to expectations this year, Rich? Le'Veon Bell. I, th- I think they're, they're all in the same family um, with Ben Roethlisberger, in my opinion. Le'Veon is, is kind of hit his plateau, and he's on the downturn. Um, you know, he also has Frank Gore, you know, to, to contest with here, you know, the ageless wonder. Uh, but, no, I don't think Le'Veon hits, you know, over 1,100 total yards this year. Rich, uh, if, you, if you're going to tell me that A.B. isn't going to do anything either this year, we're going to fight. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, it's Derek Carr. Uh, this is the last year, in my opinion, that he's a shoe-in NFL starter. Um, they can cut him next year for just $2.5 in dead cap. Um, so if he doesn't show out this year, then I, I think they're going to go somewhere else. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers would look kind of kind of sexy in silver and black. So it would be interesting. It would be interesting to see what happens if he doesn't have a big year. Greg, what are your thoughts? Um, for me, honestly, I didn't even think it was close, and I don't have the same player that either of you have. I think it's Cole Beasley, and for one obvious reason, an elephant. Oh, you see what I did there? Elephant in the room. Um, oh no, that's a different player. Never mind. Um, CD Lamb being on in the in the fold. I don't think that. Uh, Beasley sees anywhere near the same reps. Um, I think the ball is going to be spread around so much. Um, I, I think that Dallas is going to – oh, shit, I am apologizing. I am looking at this right now and realizing that he is up in Buffalo now. <laughs> I, was gonna, I, was was wondering, I was wondering how long you were going to go. I was, was, was like, going to let him walk going. off the point. No, nope, I caught myself. You know, well, I mean, I was halfway down and I'm dead. I'll but, finish yeah. it for you, Greg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I do think Cole Beasley takes a step back with the addition of Stefan Diggs, but I also think that he gets a lot of targets still because last year he was on the field in three receiver sets, and that's exactly what he still is with Diggs and John Brown ahead of him. And we know John Brown has had some good years, but he's as streaky as can be too. So I, I'll defend that for you that I do think he goes down a little bit, but maybe can not you? Well, that's you where I was his... going with it. If you guys would have let me finish, like that's where I was coming back around to. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, okay. Trying to help you save face. Yeah, I appreciate um, it. So can you can you really take a step back if you've just t- finally taken your first step forward? Yeah, like, I feel like Cole Beasley has like like for the first time been like a player on a team, and then he's just kind of I don't know. He just hasn't impressed me through his entire career. But is he going to be that same? Is he going to be that same player again? Oh, I'm, I'm not arguing with you. I'm, yeah, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just ripping, I'm too... on, ripping on Cole Beasley. You know, yeah. just being an underwhelming player for his entire career. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Here's a crazy thing about a dude like him. If like before last year and like five years before that, if he's in New England, we're talking about him being Danny Amendola, mm, Julian mm-hmm. Edelman, like, right? You know what I'm saying? Like he would get used perfectly by. Tom, who can't throw the ball downfield anymore, but it is what it is. <laughs> no, you're right. Say, ship, ship him to Tampa Bay. Let's see what happens. There you go. Scotty Miller, baby. All right. See Ryan Garten. Yeah, Ryan loves Scotty Miller. All right, moving on to Rich's team. We'll start with Rich's quarterbacks. Um, I gave Rich a B plus. He was sixth in quarterback scoring last year. Um, and Matt Ryan is super underrated in fantasy football, especially in our league with our three-point bonus for going over 300 yards. Um, he's hit that bonus 67 times in his career. And he did it in 11 of 15 games that he played last year. He's like a, a Drew Brees light, and he doesn't really get any credit. Um, so, for me, I think he's an absolute solid starter. 
And then Goff and Tannehill off the bench, that's some very nice depth um, in a year where, as everybody has been talking about, myself included, you know, it's going to be needed. Um, so very good unit there, B+. Mike, what are your thoughts? Um, it's tough for me to grade Tannehill because, I mean, even when he was a starter in Miami, it's a little bit of a smaller sample size for him sitting out last year. And even though he came and had a, a good second half of the year, it's tough for me to really be sold on him. I think he's okay. Um, golf, I've always been kind of a fan of, but I, I wonder, even when they had Gurley, it seemed like they threw the ball a lot still. It just seems like they've run more offensive plays than anybody, which I guess if you're putting up attempts, you have a chance to score well. You know what I mean? Um, this touchdown-interception ratio over the years hasn't been great. Uh, I know a couple of years ago he had a really good one where he was like, I don't know, 35 touchdowns and maybe 12 picks or something like that. Um, so he does have a, a pretty good ceiling if he's able to hit it. But then, like you said, Matt Ryan is just very consistent. He gets, you know, he has always has had great weapons to be able to help him get some of those numbers. So uh, because of that, overall, um, even with Matt Ryan getting into his mid-30s, I would give it to be for his quarterbacks. All right. Uh, what are your thoughts here, Greg? I actually went a little bit higher than both of you guys. I went A minus. Um, you guys hit on it. Um, Matt Ryan is always overlooked. I, obviously, I'm down here in Atlanta. I will tell you that's the case even down here. Um, you have a really large part of the uh, population that totally overlooks him, doesn't appreciate him. So it's it's not just the national media. It's, it's us, too. Um, but I think the really big reason that maybe bumped it for me from, like, a teetering between a B plus a minus is the addition of Hayden Hurst. I think that that gives him um, just a really good piece to slot in for um, Hooper's departure. And I think you're going to see the same kind of things out of Hurst that you saw from Hooper last year. Well, he's also got those tied receivers. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, obviously, yes. <laughs> and, and Gurley, I mean, he's, he's got the keys to the car right now. No, I agree. Gurley's going to eat this year. Yep. All right, moving on to the running backs, Mike. Underwhelming group overall, um, as I've talked about in the past. I do like the idea that when he drafted Josh Kelly, I know he's got Darwin Thompson and Damian Williams said, I'm not playing this year, but it's tough to would have been tough to grade Damian anyway with them drafting Clyde so high. Um, in terms of what he has, I see Breida going to Miami in probably a similar role that he had in Frisco, especially with Jordan Howard there, which – has shown he can be, you know, relatively useful. Uh, maybe not super consistent, but he could be a guy that you can start and maybe he pops, you know, a couple big weeks here and there. Um, in terms of Melvin, he's kind of the big dog in this group, but, you know, I, I know especially you, Jimmy, have shown some concerns and raised questions. If he's going to a backfield that had Bill Lindsay, who's still going to get his touches, uh, you know, how exactly are they going to use him? Invested in receivers or even quarterbacks? So, you know, obviously, the talent's there, but it's tough to tell what is, how many touches he really going to get this year. Um, Latavius is a guy that's always been infuriating that, you know, as a backup that gets touches, he's, he can salivate as an athlete, but, you know, who really knows? Make you salivate. There we go. Make you salivate as an athlete, but who really knows um, how <clears throat> consistent he'll be? I know his last couple of years he's had good years, though, in that type of role. Adrian is 72, but just – doesn't ever really seem to slow down, you know, with like 900 yards last year. So, I mean, it's it's tough to grade this group. 
because there's no one that you can really look at unless it's Melvin being Melvin. It's like, okay, yeah, that's my dog. That's my lead guy. Um, but there are some guys that can be useful. I would give this group a C plus. Okay. Um, Greg, what are your thoughts here? I went, I went B minus. I think that there's, there's good depth at a, at a middle tier, um, but there isn't kind of like that dude kind of guy. I mean, I can personally relate to that, um, so it hurts me. Um, but I think you've got a, a good stable of solid running backs, and I think for the most part, you'll probably be able to get through the season rotating them and playing matchups, and you'll be a-okay. Um, obviously, if you could get your hands on a stud, um, that changes the, the dynamics um, quite a bit. But, yeah, I worry, you know, like everybody else, I wonder that uh, AP's days just might be numbered. Honestly, I guess I kind of, to narrow it down, I kind of feel the same way about uh, Peterson that you probably feel about uh, Roethlisberger. And, you know, each of us have our own opinion of when that clock is up. And I guess for me, Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if it's now, um, the same way you're wondering if it's now for uh, Big Ben. Yeah, for sure. Uh, For me, I gave him a C+. Um, he was eighth in running back scoring last year, but I think this this group will go as Melvin goes. Um, if Melvin returns to that first-round startup pick, Melvin, then he can carry Rich to a, a deep playoff run. Um, but if he struggles and, you know, has to share, carry, share carries with Philip Lindsay, then you know, this might be a bottom-five unit. Um, I do really like, like, the, the handcuff aspect of having Latavius Murray. Um, in week seven and eight last year when uh, Alvin Kamara was out, the Saints absolutely fed him. I mean, he had two 32-plus point games and was the number one running back those two weeks. Uh, so he definitely has upside. Obviously, they wouldn't give him that if it was a long-term injury to Kamara. But, you know, he, he has a couple guys that have blow-up in-spot potentials, which kind of makes him dangerous. Um, but, again, it's just going to be – it's going to be all about Melvin. All right, moving on to the wide receivers. Greg, what are your thoughts here? Um, I went I went A. Um, I think that your uh... – your stable of, of receivers are awesome. Um, I, for me, the headliner obviously has got to start with Tyler Lockett um, and, and what Landry was able to do in Cleveland last year. Um, obviously, I, for me, I was really surprised. Um, I, I, when he was down in Miami, I just really didn't see it. Um, and, and I was kind of writing him off as a player. And, and what he's been able to do has been definitely impressive. Um, and then the biggest wild card for me is definitely Emmanuel Sanders in New Orleans, you know, with that ball getting spread around so much, um, can he get, you know, can he get his, um, let to use a word that you just did, uh, Jimmy, you know, dangerous, it's dangerous because you could have Emmanuel Sanders going against your team and he might drop the hammer on you or you might get by on skate. You just don't know. It just depends on, um, what Breeze finds in the defense and what he exploits them for. And he could kill you with him, or you might get by that matchup unscathed and then he nails the next, uh, next opponent. Yeah. For me, um, I gave Greg or Greg, sorry. I gave Rich a B plus. Uh, this unit was eighth in scoring last year, but I think it's gotten substantially better this off season. Uh, stealing T Y hurt Hilton for two thirds will definitely, definitely help that. Um, I think T Y is, is pretty easily a top 24 wide receiver this year and he got him crazy cheap. Uh, people like Kobe and the rest of the guys fighting for their playoff lives. They should have been all over this. Uh, Rivers will feed him, you know, 130, 140 targets. So I think he's going to be very solid. Um, then Lockett and Landry are tremendous players with incredible floors. Um, Lockett was the wide receiver nine on the year. 
but he was a wide receiver two weeks one through nine before he nearly had his leg taken off and he ended up spending the night in the hospital. Um, you know, Jarvis is already back from his hip surgery. He's already in pads. He's already suddenly saying he's good to go. You know, so you can just pencil him in for that 90, 1105 and just move on. So, um, and then obviously the depth with Crowder and Sanders is really nice. So this is a, this is a very nice unit for Rich and this would be something he's able to lean on all year. Mike, what do you think? I really do like this group overall in terms of talent and depth. Um, I mean, if you've told most people that Jameson Crowder was from sixth receiver, they'd probably take it based on what those other five were because, you know, he's, he's a solid <clears throat> guy in that spot. I don't see him as having, a, like, a, I know scoring-wise, this doesn't always hold true, but I don't see him having a super bona fide number one stud like a Julio or a Mike Thomas, but he's got those guys kind of in that next little tier below them that are still damn good that can put up points. Um, you know, looking at this, it infuriates me that out of these top six guys, only one of them is above six feet tall and he's <laughs> 47 years old. But it just goes to show how the league has changed. I'll give Richard B. Plus for this group as well. Okay. All right, on to his tight ends. Obviously, this group to me is an A++. Um, this is the best duo in the league. He was the highest scoring uh, tight end team in the league. He edged me out by point two. Just That's right. Hurts my feeling. Um, but I still can't believe that he, he still has Kelsey and Waller. Rich, what, what's going on here? Talk to, talk to me. What can't is- make a deal happen, man. I, I can't make a deal happen. I get I get offers for like second round picks, third round picks. Throw throw a D end in there here and there. That that's about it. <laughs> what, so, hey, Rich, just can't get what, it. Just can't get the price, man. Hey, hey, Rich, what are you looking for for one of them? Oh, here we go. Give it, Mike. Take oh. a give him a first, and he'll do it. Give him a first for either one, and he will do it. Mike, take a look don't, at my don't, don't tell my secrets, Mike. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, so so here's here's my thinking, and I'll just tell you the way I feel about these two players. So yeah, everybody wants to hate on Kelsey and the fact that Kelsey's going to be 31 here in a month, right? Um, he's got signed to a big deal. Uh, he is essentially the a top 15 wide receiver in the league that you get to play as your flex wide receiver every week. Um, and you can do that for the next three to five years without worry. And you'll have a top 10 tight end, right? So that's worth a little bit more to me than, than what I've been seeing. Um, and then you have a freakazoid athlete who, uh, has, come back miraculously from a drug addiction, um, but is six foot six, 255 pounds and has, is only 27 years old with very little wear and tear and has shown he can stand up to the rigors of the game last year. Um, and yes, did Las Vegas add a lot of depth to their wide receiving crew? Yes, because they had to, but this guy will not go away just because they added rugs and Edwards. So, you know, you're going to get a lot more out of Waller, um, but I, I agree. He's only had one year, and who knows what's going to happen with him. But there's the talent there. There's the size, the speed, the skill level. I mean, the guy got 117 targets at tight end last year. You know, and to put it in perspective, you know, only 30 more targets for Kelsey. But Kelsey has averaged, you know, over 120 targets a year, so – um, I don't know. I need more than a second. I need more than a second in the D end. Um, 
I need a first and, and or another player that can help me. Uh, I've been trying to make a win-win happen for a while, um, but my boy's not biting, so we're going to have to just keep looking. You know, I'm not going to sell cheap. I'm going to sell fair. Um, so, yeah, that's where I'm at. I'd love to be able to deal one. I'd love to be able to get a win-win out of it, but right now we're not getting it. Well, that was, that was a good breakdown, though. I like that. That was good. Mike declined my trade. Hurt my feelings, but that's okay. Oh. Mike, you're oh, up. Man, like I just posted in group me. You're pulling at my heartstrings. He's a tough dude for me to potentially like. Just, just pull it. Just pick a different guy. They're all, they're all the same. I don't want to. Mike will let you believe. Yeah, seriously, they'll pick a different guy, and you might get a lesser offer and get him. No. All right, Mike. Actually, how about this, Jimmy? We can consider KJ a rental. Give me a third, and I'll give him back to you. No. Don't want KJ. <laughs> I got Jordan Brooks. He's already paid over KJ in the sub packages. I'm good. <clears throat> you want swag? Oh, you know I want swag. <laughs> I, can't I, already, I already traded my first for terrible players, so I can't. I can't do that. Sorry, Mike. What do you think about us? Right. Right they suck. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing else to say. Obviously, they're fucking great, right? Like, enough said, right? Yep. Somebody offer this man a fair deal so you can get yourself one. As long as it's not Scott. Greg, what do you think here? I mean, that's right. same Scott's thing. Going for <laughs> um, oh, got, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you got Kelsey and you got Waller. I mean, that's all you need to say. I mean, that's that's a plus. Yeah, for sure. All right, moving on to the DL, Mike. What are your thoughts here? I mean, he knows this. Everyone knows that this is his biggest weakness on his team, probably even more so than um, some of the question marks he has at running back. But he does have some interesting guys. Um, Derek Barnett, Manny Agba, you know, kind of entering that mid to you know, mid twenties area, where typically you see some growth in positions like this. If they're on the field, you know, they can do some things. Manny's going to a team that I think will utilize him across from Shaq and just let them go get the quarterback, which he showed in Cleveland a few years back he could do. So those are some guys I could see being potential booms. Um, JPP has had such a weird career. Um, but he's still pretty much a dude that can give you decent, consistent games on week to week. And I think, you know, Dorrance Armstrong being a young dude that's super athletic for being a big guy, he might get a rough go now with a lot of those other names ahead of him. You know, Demarcus Everson, even Eldon Smith is there and seemingly showing out, which is also crazy. But I think this is more of a, a group based on some potential for week to week than it is maybe consistency, but like I said, I, I like them as players, maybe not so much as consistent fantasy guys. I would give this group a C-plus right now, but, uh, I mean, we could be talking about mid-end of the season and we're looking at a B or B-plus group. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts here, Greg? Yeah, I want C-plus as well. Um, I, you know, looking at the team and breaking it down, it's it's interesting that we use segue, obviously, from tight ends going down the roster right into D-line. If I'm somebody that needs a tight end and I've got some depth at the D line, I'm telling you right now, like I, I, that's the deal that I'm putting together. <clears throat> and then obviously how good the player is. And, and obviously you heard Rich uh, tell you what exactly he's kind of looking for to, to, to maybe supplement that with a pick. Uh, but I, I would offer D line and a pick um, and then trying to hash out the details from there. Who, who knows if it gets it done, but yeah, I'd give it a C plus. I agree, Greg. I think Darren Waller for Nick Bosa looks really good. Ooh. Hmm. 
I got you, Rich. Just remember that one. Well, <laughs> that's, that's interesting that you mentioned that. <laughs> oh, really? Any of the Bosa's, really. If any yeah. of the Bosa guys <laughs> yeah, want to deal for a tight end. Let's yeah, just, give me you know, the one that's in middle hey, school. Anybody who has a Bosa, that'll get it done. Just let me know. <laughs> for sure. Um, for me, I, I, I'm giving you a D minus. Uh, you know, I'm giving you an F. This group was Ooh. so bad I'm taking last a sip of beer. That well, it, last year it was bad. Well, it wasn't that the same group. Yeah, well, pretty close to the same group, though. <laughs> no, there's one guy. There's one guy from last year. It's Derek Barnett. That's it. Everybody else is different. Yeah, but, I mean, there's – it's okay. So, Dorrance Armstrong, you know, I, I don't really see – Future that, play. We have him in another league. I, I see where you're going. You know, Ryan and I have him in a league that we, we co-own a team in. You know, we're, we're hopeful, but, you know, we're realistic that – it's unlikely. Well, um, he's the next on my drop list for sure. But, yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. And then Agba, you know, I've been on the Agba train since he was in Cleveland, and I've been burnt many times. I'm, I'm completely out on Agba. JPP in his half a hand, you know, I don't, no idea what to expect there. But just last year he scored nine points per game less on average than the average team at defensive line. I mean, it's, oh, it's- I don't know what to do. Jimmy, help me. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad I, honestly I, I pick up guys I expect them to be well to do well and they just let me down every year I don't get it I don't know how anybody has a defensive line I've even tried D tackles which pisses me off <laughs> well you know don't don't listen to me because apparently I say well, never draft a D tackle even if it's a really good defensive tackle that's one of the top well, guys in the league and you no know, you don't do that <laughs> I'm the same way so fuck that I do you know I'll carry my F you know, that's fine. I'll wear it like a badge of honor, but, you right. know. But no. but I got good tight ends, damn it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I have written down here, I know you're going you're gonna to continue playing the wire. Eventually, you're going to hit one of these guys. You know, it, it's got to. So. So. I had Demarcus Lawrence, and then I, I dropped him when he had his back surgery, and then that happened. I think um, Mike picked him up, and then Mike traded him for a first to Kobe, and then, you know, Kobe still just got him. Yep. I'll, Kobe, I'll, I'll take him off your hands, by the way. Jimmy, right. who would I trade that first for? Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, you do. It was with you. Still don't know. Sure. Lamar Miller, Alshon. It was Alshon. It was Alshon, yeah. It just gets more growth well. than packet, doesn't it? <laughs> well, and I traded Alshon to Jimmy. Look at that. Six degrees from Kevin Bacon or whatever it is. We got ourselves a, a natural HFFL trade circle jerk going on. Oh, Boom. Yeah. I'm right. glad I'm not a part of that. <laughs> Well, Greg, do you train? Greg, come join us. Yeah, Greg, did you hear me in my bio? That's how I build <laughs> rosters. You trade? <laughs> I don't I, think I've seen a Greg trade in my life. No, I pick and choose my spots. What was your last? What was your last trade? Do you remember it? Ooh. It was a draft pick trade. I just looked this up the other day. I don't know why. When when we logged <laughs> on, I was surprised by who I drafted. So, do you think that I remember my last trade? <laughs> Here, does it have trades, right? Trades. And let me look at uh, Greg. I don't think he has any. Hold on. I got to go back 360 days. And nothing. Well, that's this year. Yeah. I'm going to keep looking. I'm going to keep searching for a Greg trade here. I could tell you the last – I bet the last trade Greg made was me giving him a second in this year's draft for three straight fourths in 2019, right? Took yep. Miles Boyd and Tony Pollard and Jalen Hurd. Yep, that was that was. I awesome. would. I, well, here I we go. I got it. 
I got it. It was July 23rd, 2019. Mike <laughs> gave up 410 and a 2022nd for 4.07, 4.08, 4.09, and a 2024th. That doesn't Let's count because that was in, during the draft, and it was draft picks for draft picks. And then the last no. one before that was also draft picks for draft picks. That's the only yeah, I was, just about, I was just about to say, I think – most of the time, like I, I was being honest when I said earlier, you know, I built the draft for sure heavy and then kind of free agency. Um, but I think if you would look at all of my trades and break down the whole, you know, nine years that I've been in the league, I'd say that probably 75% of my trades come during draft time. It doesn't always mean it's draft picks, but it always happens during the draft. Cause I'm, I mean, I'm for all the different times where I'm not locked in and I'm doing other things outside of it and I can be flaky hundred percent, like during that stretch, I'm a hundred percent locked in and I'm kind of in wheeling and dealing mode. So if you guys are so, ever trying to figure out a good time to trade with me, that time period is obviously time. a really good one. So I went all the way back to 2017 and those are the only two trades you made. There was that one. And then those picks that you traded, Mike, you traded for, th- you got a, you traded your 3.08 for those picks and then traded those picks to Mike for a second. I think a few, a future second. So that was it since 2017. Yep. Well, it's a good thing we didn't have MFL back in the day because then uh, Greg would be able to put me on blast for the sheer volume of offers. I <laughs> Jones and CJ Spiller over the last. I day. wouldn't doubt it was a, a oh. tremendous amount. Well, it was, it was, it was crazy. I'll admit. Hey, Jimmy, you like CJ Spiller? Oh my God, I love CJ Spiller. <laughs> I, I didn't know. I didn't he's know. Still, he's still got a hard on for him. <laughs> yeah, he does. Watch highlights after we're done here. All right, Greg, what about the linebackers here? Um, I went A minus, and I'll be completely honest. You know, something we were talking about earlier was Devondre Campbell, and you hit on him when we were talking about fantasy players versus real life players. And he is somebody that until I sat down and was looking at this breakdown um, before we came on, I had no idea, like, numbers-wise what he was putting up. And it really impressed the hell out of me, especially, like I said, coming from somebody that is in Atlanta. um, Yeah, I was blindsided by it. But you've got great depth. um, you got studs um, in your your lineup there. I mean, you might even be able to parlay something with that, um, kind of like with your with your tight end depth. Um, but I mean, you're kind of for me, you're kind of right at that tipping point. I like to have ideally three to four um, studs on my team, or as close to studs as I can get. Um, so you're kind of right at that limit. But maybe you have a little bit of depth there that you can deal with um, to do something for your D line. Um, and then I gave him an A. Um, it would be an A-plus if, if Scott's linebacker unit didn't exist. Um, he was the number one linebacker scoring team last year. He's definitely going to be top three again this year. He's four deep with 200-point guys. Um, he's got those incredible uber stubs, studs and Bobby Swagner and uh, Corey Littleton. So just absolutely elite unit. Mike, what do you think? A-minus. He's got those top two. I think Jamie Collins has a great year in Detroit. We'll talk about the other guy later. Okay. All right. Moving on to the defensive backs. Um, I gave him an A. Landon Collins is essentially a linebacker, which makes me love him. Um, another guy I regret trading to Rich. That's uh, right. Part of the Kelsey deal. That cost me. And a- the sweat. And the sweat. You no, know, and the Jamie Collins deal. That's right. It was all one. Yep. It won. That was uh, a great deal. Won Rich a title. Stupid draft. It picks. did. 
Um, obviously, oh my Harris- God! You know what I just realized? The two worst champions of all time, coming from the guy in this group that's never won one, are on this pod. Congratulations, <laughs> boys! How about the guy who's never won one, calling the other two the worst champions of all time? Exactly. I, I <laughs> mentioned that. I, I You're called the worst non-champion of all time. I'm just saying, there's four people on this pod, and three of them have won titles. Well, I already that's said that myself too. But that's I acknowledged why I, it. But that's why I wanted all we do is win as the entry music. <laughs> In the words of Fifty Cent, I'm a realist ninja. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I give him an A. Collins and Harrison Smith are studs. Mike, what do you think here? Um, I give him an A. But my guys will outscore him this year. Oh, here we go. Double down. Back Grab to the bench. Uh, I went A as well, and I would take Rich's over Mike. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> of course you would. All right. All right. What player do you think will exceed expectations this year, Mike? Exceed expectations. This was – you know what? It was a question that I forgot was going to happen. So let me take a let me come back little look-see here. Greg, are you okay. ready for this one? I'm ready for everything. It doesn't mean I'm going to deliver good content as we saw on the last go round, but I'm ready. Um, definitely to T.Y. Hilton. Um, Rivers uh, showing up there. I think it's going to be a bounce back year for him. Um, and I think it's going to give Rich even more ridiculous depth. If he even still owns them at that point, like there's a chance that he, he sells uh, high on the potential of what could be. Um, so if he even owns them, I think T.Y. bounces back and gives them even more crazy depth. Yeah. It's, it's, T.Y. for me, too. Um, he averaged 80, 1,206 from 2013 to 2018. You know, and it's, are we just saying he's not that guy anymore? No, I, I think he's going to be very, very good. Mike, do you have anybody? Yeah, we're good. So when I looked at this, um, there were three names that kind of stood out, and I'll go differently than you guys because T.Y. was one of them for all the same reasons you said. Uh, another guy that I think, especially us being Lions fans, that we weren't sure about all that was Jamie Collins, but the guy I'm actually going to go with, and it doesn't necessarily have to mean he has a great year, kind of going back to Randall Cobb. I'm going to say Adrian Peterson. Just to kind of boost Rich up and dig you a little, Jimmy. I'm not against Antonio Gibson. Um, obviously, he's a younger guy, potentially part of the future, but I think Adrian's going to see pretty consistent touches and I think exceeding expectations for him could be, you know, like 800, 900 total yards, you know. So if he rushes for seven and has 150 on, you know, through the air, I think that's exceeding expectations, which honestly, as a guy that probably gets goal line reps, makes him a potential starter week to week. And I I, will end starter, but I agree with you for the first half of the year. But once Washington is one and seven, you know, I think they, they turn to, Gibson and Bryce Love and, and see what they have going forward. But, no, I, I agree with you that he's going to be a probably richest starter the first five, six, seven, eight weeks of the season. But when has Washington made a good decision like that recently? They got Ron Rivera now, though. Okay. I trust in Ron. Okay, when has Ron Rivera done that recently? Riverboat Ron. Yeah, Riverboat Ron. <laughs> the Panthers to the Super Bowl. That's good enough for me. He can come I actually love Ron Rivera. He can come coach the Lions. I'd be just fine with it. Me All too. Right. What player do you think will not live up to expectations this year, Greg? <laughs> I, 
I would love to tell you this right after you guys were just singing the opposite phrases. For me, it's it's Peterson. Um, and I know that we all have those players like I hit on earlier. And for Rich, it was Big Ben in this year. And he just kind of thinks that his, his clock has struck zero. And for me, for whatever reason, I think that that's the same thing for Peterson. And, and I'll tack on. I think that Washington is a dumpster fire as, as usual. And I think that he ends up not getting reps because he is the known commodity. Maybe they try to ship him out. Uh, maybe they don't. But regardless, I think the numbers are definitely a step down from the last handful of years. Yeah, and, and for me, it's Melvin Gordon. Um, I'm just not confident that he plays so much better that he makes, you know, Philip Lindsay an afterthought. Uh, Lindsay's in a contract year. He's already stated his displeasure with the team adding Melvin Gordon and not extending him. Um, he knows he's playing for his future, so I think he's going to be, you know, the, the hyper-efficient player that he's been, and he's going to be tough to, to not give, you know, 10, 12 carries a game to and just see what he can do with it. Mike, what do you think? For me, I kind of foreshadowed this one as well earlier. Um, it's Devondre Campbell. I kind of mentioned it a long time ago, you know, going to a spot that now has some dominant guys in that middle half and back end of defense. Had a, you know, an incredible year last year in Atlanta, but never came close to that type of production before. You know, you could say, well, if he was a linebacker, he got better. But then when you look at, you know, your good old PFF, that doesn't speak any type of truth to it. So I don't necessarily I don't think he becomes garbage by any means but when you're a guy that scores 120 130 a couple straight years then all of a sudden you go for two bills it's, it can be tough to buy in when you go to a completely different situation yeah for sure all right so we're somehow move- he got 15 points on his bye week last year according to these stats so <laughs> nice uh, we're gonna move on to ranking our teams so we're gonna rank them worst to best um, so I'm going to have Greg, I'll have you just go with your, your four, just your work four, four to, or no, that's not four. Sorry. Three, you're three to one here, Greg. What do you think here about the teams? I mean, obviously I'm going to finish highest in the standing this year of all of these three teams. No, um, I think it, for me, I know that, that Rich and Mike were neck and neck, uh, last year. I think that, that Rich takes the edge this year. So I'd put him first. Uh, I put Mike, Mike second. Um, and I would be several tiers below them in a distant third. <laughs> Mike, what do you think? Man, Greg's lower on his team than I thought. Now, Greg, I'm going to say I still put him third, but I, I mean, several tiers below us is kind of crazy to think. You're only going to drop me a couple claimed, tiers? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I already claimed earlier that I'll go undefeated and win a ship and retire so our buddy in Ireland can take over for me. <laughs> so I'm on the train now, boys. I'm, I'm all about it. Um, and I'll probably still have starters miss 70 games this year like I do every year. So uh, in terms of our rankings, I, I am right there with kind of what Greg said. I would put Greg at three and myself at Rich fighting it out um, for that first and second spot. But what kind of fantasy owner if you don't think your team is better? So fuck off, Rich. I'm number one. You're number two. <laughs> Rich, what do you think? Yeah, so on my uh, roster power score, um, I got Greg at a 3.4 coming in third. Uh, Mike coming in at a 3.6. Uh, and myself coming in at a 3.7. So um, I think it's very, very close between these three teams. I think there are a lot of guys that, you know, and, and that, that's really what, 
what we sell here, right? On the, uh, on the podcast and the off season or whatever is hope, right? I think there's a lot of hope between these teams, a lot of talent, a lot of potential. Um, but yeah, I, I, if I had to rank them now, if I got to just look at the, at the data, uh, I got me one, Mike two, Greg three. And for me, I actually have the same as you guys. I have Greg as the third team. Um, he's got very good wide receivers. I love Kyler this year, but he is behind you guys defensively. Um, Mike second with his tons of volume at running back. I mean, his running backs obviously will define what he does this year. And then Rich, you know, as the best of the three teams with his elite tight ends, running back, or excuse me, tight ends, linebackers, and defensive backs. Um, and I said here that I think you'll, uh, you'll spend your fab to fix that DL. All right, so what do you project the records to be for these teams, and are they a potential playoff team in your book? What do you think here, Mike? Yeah, it's tough because we have a whole lot. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, that, that gap has narrowed over the last couple of years, right? So I think projections are super tough. Uh, I would put Greg around that, you know, five to six win area, five and eight, six and seven, you know, and with some breaks potentially even at seven and six. It's tough to really put him anywhere below five. Uh, in terms of myself and Rich, it's pretty much all of us stated we're similar team in, in terms of what we think. I think both of us are probably about an eight and five team. Um, you know, with breaks, things are different. I obviously, giving a, a projection right now, I don't see Greg's team as a playoff team. And I think Rich and I are in that potentially as high as three area, but probably four to seven area in the league where we're fighting for some of those last spots. Okay. Um, what are your thoughts here, Rich? Yeah, so I, I got the. I think Greg has a lot of potential. I see him as like a, a, a six and seven team. Um, you know, a couple of breaks here, a couple of bounces of the ball there. I think he could get in. Um, I think Mike struggles with injury as, you know, he's alluded to, uh, you know, cause it's just Mike's luck apparently. Uh, but you know, 100%. Mike, Mike seven and six. Um, uh, and honestly, I feel like Jimmy, I think you and I have had these conversations and I know you said it a lot. I think you need to have an elite quarterback if you want to compete and you got to have an above average quarterback. If you want to make the playoffs most of the time, um, either that or your team has to be absolutely stacked elite in multiple areas. Uh, and I just don't see that on Mike's team. So I see him right around 500, seven and six. Um, and then I, I do feel, and I, and you know, you can see from my, my, my trade uh, bait list. Uh, I need running backs in D line. Uh, running backs is a treasured commodity. Um, I got some plug and play guys and that's pretty much what I've been um, since Frank Gore uh, and DeMarco Murray have lost their left their prime and one of them is retired. So I've been trying to find, find a stud and I will go as Melvin goes. And uh, I don't know, but uh, I can see myself with a, with a floor of eight and five this year uh, with a, a ceiling of 10 and three. Okay. Greg, what are your thoughts? Um, <clears throat> for myself, I, I honestly same as you guys. I put myself at about six and seven. I think for me this year, I, kind of an underlying theme across the board for me is I've got young talent who sticks, um, who is consistent. But I think anytime you're dealing with young talent, sometimes there is just you can't get around it. There is going to be a lack of consistency. So. Um, I think I will. My team will be inconsistent, which will lead to um, not even breaking 500, which is sad, but we'll get there. 
Um, I have Mike at eight and five um, for the reasons that Rich just kind of alluded to. I think there are some, some weaknesses there, but you never know how, how this game works out. And with the right people bouncing back, um, you know, if, if Big Ben is who I think he'll be, then I think that eight and five is very doable. If Big Ben is who Rich thinks that he'll be, then, you know, maybe he's only winning two or three games. I'm just kidding, Mike. Um, but <laughs> um, I think that, that Rich ends up somewhere around the 10 and three mark. Um, I think you sold a little bit low on yourself going. I, I get what you're saying about a floor of eight and five, uh, but I think you ended about 10 and three or so. Um, if I were a betting man, I would say that uh, by the, the start of the season, you will have traded one of those tight ends to address one of your areas of need. And, and I think you're, your team's going to have a really good year. Uh, but to hit on a potential playoff team, yeah, I think that both Mike and Rich get in, and I wave to them as they go by. <laughs> and then for me, um, I actually think all of you have a legitimate shot at the playoffs. Um, I do think each of you has at least one major flaw, you know, that's, that you're going to have to either correct that with a waiver wire or a trade or, you know, whatever, or have one of the current players you have progress. Um, for me, I have Greg at six and seven, uh, between, actually between six and seven and seven and six right in there. Um, I think he's got very good wide receivers. Like I said, I love Kyler. Um, you know, so he'll, he'll be right in the thick of it, in the, in the, probably in the bottom half of what is a very big tier of teams that are fighting for playoffs. Um, I have Mike at seven and six. He's got, he's got all that volume at running back. You know, will, will Big Ben rebound? You know, will he get Eric Reed on a team? And then for Rich, uh, I have Rich at eight and five. But if Rich is able to actually move that tight end and then shore up a need like Greg is saying, I agree that he's in that nine – nine win potentially even 10 win you know depending on what he's able to do at defensive line and what his what he gets out of Melvin Gordon so um, I think all three of you have a shot uh, so it'll be very interesting and, and like I said there's a huge tier of teams that are our playoff potential teams but that's that's it guys um, this was a lot of fun uh, I appreciate you guys coming on it was great to have Greg come on the pod it's I don't think anybody in the league's other than the, you know, the people who went to CMU with them, I don't really think anybody knows much about Greg. So it was awesome to have you, Greg. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. I'll definitely be in it for the future. It was a lot of fun. Sounds good. Well, thanks, Mike. Thanks, Rich. Good to hear from you guys again, and uh, we'll have to do this again soon. Sure, Sounds good. Right. Yeah, man, it was great. Have a good night, everyone. Farewell to Ireland. Farewell to That's Ireland. That's right. Take care. <laughs> like well, well, well like at, this, at this point, top of the morning to you. Yeah. Right. Ah, true. Right. Good point. For when we're, when we're timing, when we're, fil we're not filming, recording this. There you go. Perfect. I got it straight I feel, eventually. I feel like we need to kind of end all of these podcasts now moving forward the same way that Co Tony Kornheiser weighs, you know, the, the Canada flag. I mean, we got to do something like that. I don't know, learn <laughs> the national anthem or something of violence. I like it. All right, guys. Uh, Sally McClellan or whatever it is, or the Pogues. Go out with some Irish jigs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Farewell, Ireland. <laughs>